0: Now, is it too late to recreate greenery in the concrete jungles that our cities have become? With a growing population and changing climate, there's no doubt there's challenges that lie ahead. But the good news is there's now research underway to use existing parks and gardens as living laboratories. Dr. Amy Hans is an ecologist from the Royal Botanic Gardens, Victoria. Hi, Amy. Hi, Sir, Paul.
1: Nice to see you.
0: (laughs) Thank you for joining me. Now, you're involved in in this um, project where um, the intention is to turn our concrete uh, jungles um, green, basically. Um, Tell me about that project. How did the idea come about? Was it just someone walking out to the street one
1: day and looking up and thinking, this this needs to go? Yes, um, there's been... um A growing interest in our urban environments, especially over the last 20 years, as we realise so many people are moving into those spaces um, and we really don't understand the ecology of them at all. So um, the field of urban ecology studies how biodiversity lives in cities and how we can change cities to accommodate more plants and animals, but also make them more exciting places for people to live and feel connected to.
0: Are we talking about things like rooftop gardens,
1: which have taken off quite a bit in places like Melbourne in recent years? Yeah, um, rooftop gardens is part of that, um, what you could call, it's been called green infrastructure uh, or blue infrastructure if it's water, but also living infrastructure because it's the things that are living and breathing in our cities. Uh, And um, so rooftop gardens are part of that, um, but also just our parks, our streetscapes, our um, bay in Melbourne and other cities around Australia. Amy, though, when things are so
0: tightly packed in, so dense, I mean, I've only been in Melbourne for just over a decade and in that decade I've seen particularly um, some of the sort of South Bank area become denser and denser and it's rising higher and higher and nothing seems green around it actually. It's just pretty much an example of what you'd say, there's a concrete jungle. Is it pretty easy to tweak the thinking around it? I mean, when I visited Sydney, I noticed that there was a big trend towards um, vertical gardens in the buildings. So when you look up, everything looks amazingly lush and green. Is that sort of what we're aiming for? Is that the idea of how we can sort of um, think of architecture in the future?
1: Um, Yes, that's definitely part of it. Uh, I think um, the trade-off between getting denser and denser is... Uh, otherwise, we would be getting further and further from our cities. So um, it is worth exploring how do we densify without making it feel like, um, yeah, you're living in the middle of um, concrete rabbit warrens. Uh, but part of it is having those living walls at uh, eye level that you can look out on. Some of it is around having great spaces like Birrarung Ma. I just uh, walked over from spending an hour over there earlier and uh, there's a lot of people that are out there using it. Um, I guess it's being able to find those spots where even if you're living in a tall apartment building, you can get outside and...
0: Mm. Now, for those of you who are not from Melbourne, Burang Ma is a, a lovely spot in Melbourne near the river, which is a walking track pretty much in the heart of the city. And, and when you go for a walk, you could actually be mistaken for thinking you're in the bush in some, some parts of it. So that's pretty much the, the feeling we want to generate, that we don't have to drive for two hours to get out to have that respite.
1: Yes, that's right. You, you can access it. It's in walking distance. Um, even the streets, as you walk along the streets, are... I was in Brisbane uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, in the South Bank area around there, and they have just some really interesting plantings at, along the street, uh, beautiful foliage, um, their Southgate area with the um, Bougainvillea walkways. Um, it's it's a way for people to experience a form of nature and uh, greenery um, without needing to get out into the the bush, or
0: <laughs> and Amy, um, I guess there's been studies done on how important greenery is to our health, um, and we sort of can't ignore the necessity uh, much longer, can we? It, it's it's sort of it's not a luxury to think in this way. It's it's almost a necessity for our health
1: as a society, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. Um, there's a lot of um, increasing number of. Um, studies that are showing just how important greenery is for our health. And if we're going to be growing the way we are um, in terms of our population, then anything we can do to um, make sure that population stays healthy uh, is going to be essential for um, allowing us uh, to save costs in the long run. So um, there's a lot of work understanding how green space can... um, contribute to physical and mental well-being and even some studies in um, Finland have shown that having flowering plants in your garden um, has reduced uh, atopic sensitivity in adolescent children Um, and Mm. so that's their predisposition to asthma, asthma and eczema now you mentioned finland obviously there's some
0: countries around the world that do this quite successfully i mean singapore is one of those countries that have actually um been quite proactive in, in greening their city are there countries that we're looking very closely at to um i guess mimic uh, and copy and, uh, and and to learn from them and and to bring that to australia what what are some of the countries that we're looking towards
1: yeah, um Finland's definitely I mean Singapore's definitely one of them. Um there are some really interesting river restoration projects happening in other cities. So the LA River, there's a big um revitalization project um that they're looking towards uh but also the Chongyang Chu Chongnyeong River in um, Korea. That's that's another really important um, example of how we can still have engineered river systems, but they can actually be serving multiple purposes, not just be a concrete drain.
0: On ABC Local Radio, this is the Sunday Sesh. I'm Sad Patricia I'm speaking with Dr. Amy Harns, who is an ecologist at the Royal Botanical Gardens in Victoria. Uh, Amy, now you're, this project's also looking at unused parcels of land that can be turned green, aren't they? Um, so, you, do you contact developers when they knock down an old building, say, and see if there's a possibility of turning that particular space green? Because if if it's so densely packed in the city, I mean, how do you find blocks of land to green? It's a logistical problem.
1: Yes, yes, it is. Um, So I don't directly go out and and look for that, but um, we do work closely with local governments uh, and other groups who are interested in working in that space. And uh, our contribution is looking at, What sort of biodiversity can those spaces actually provide uh, as well as how can you green them um, so that they're providing a biodiversity benefit as well as being an interesting space for people? Um,
0: But say that we're really successful in greening our cities, which is great, Um, but then is that going to sort of attract more wildlife to the city and is that going to then start creating a a different problem of its own? I'm thinking, you know, um, the pigeons that you get in London, for instance, or... um, I don't know, I can't, I can't think of any other sort of wildlife that's going to be a problem. But um, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, um, cars um, with, uh, you know, bird waste on them and that sort of thing. Are those taken into consideration when the greening projects
1: are thought of? Um, yes, it is. And there is a lot of work looking at human-wildlife interactions. Uh, I guess one of the things when we talk about greening too is... Um, To be really, uh, make a good contribution to, I guess, the health of our planet, uh, we need to be thinking not just about greening, but also actually making our cities an effective ecosystem that can process nutrients, can help clean the air, can help reduce temperatures. Uh, Part of that will be including biodiversity. We need the bees for pollinating, uh, butterflies for the same thing, Um, even mosquitoes, provide three um, really bats? need mosquitoes? Do we really? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe flies is a better example. <laughs> oh, I don't. I'm not oh, really keen on flies. the Aussie fly either. No. But you know, I can cope
0: with them. At least they don't bite. Yeah. Well, some of them don't. No. <laughs> no. I'm discriminating now against um. them. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amy. Um, what about in terms of um, you know, uh, our individual contributions? Uh, this is a larger project that you're talking about. But at an individual level, can we do? Things that can help contribute to greening our concrete jungles. I'm thinking, you know, the simple thing is bringing a green plant to plonk on your desk at work. But can we do something larger than that?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, so one of the key um, threats to green space in cities is there's incremental habitat loss. So we sh- um, shave a little sliver off of a the edge of a existing green space, and over time those and space those accumulate to quite big. Uh, amounts, um, but we can work in reverse. So individuals, it may not seem like much to plant a couple of plants in your nature strip, but in if everyone's or if a lot of people are doing it, it does build up to quite a big thing. And even if you don't have your own garden or um, to work with you can join friends groups there are other ways of getting active in the community.
0: Yeah there's plenty of communal gardens out there that's for sure Mm. Um, I mean I've got
1: friends who even have started um, um, keeping bees
0: on rooftops apparently my my cousin does that he's very fond of it. Yeah yeah there's (laughs) a new hobby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's actually a big apiary community in Melbourne and and other urban areas yeah.
0: Uh, And just finally I mean do we have to just um, sort of Looking at it a bit um, more in depth, I guess, um, do we have to maybe even think about tearing down some of those buildings to make way for green spaces? Um, Just because they're up, it doesn't mean they have to stay there, right?
1: Uh, I think to accommodate the numbers that we're talking about, we really need to plan for it and design for it. And so I guess some of that may involve hard decisions around what you're talking about in the future, but ideally um, to avoid that, we should look at the areas we're building into now and making sure we're allowing enough green space, um, designing them well so that they can accommodate the people now, but also densify without... um, negative <laughs> impacts in the future. It sounds like what you're
0: suggesting is a bit like, you know, thinking about uh, building a new home with a particular energy rating. We're we looking at building in the future with a particular green rating, I suppose. Is that how we could sum it up?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, making sure we have bike paths, making sure we have green streets, um, that they're wide enough to bring in more traffic if, in the future if it's needed.
0: Well, thank you for taking the time to come and um, add some sustainability to the conversation this afternoon, Amy.
1: Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having
0: me. That's Dr Amy Harns, an ecologist at the Royal Botanic Gardens, Victoria. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Sesh. You can hear this program live every Sunday on ABC Local Radio Digital from 3pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. Just search for ABC Sydney Radio Stream and click through to listen live.